Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. We want to remind you again that if you like this podcast and you want to support this podcast, then go to coloradosportsguys.com and click on the Amazon banner before each time you do your normal shopping at Amazon.com. Remember, folks, Amazon.com is where you can get all sorts of good stuff like ankle socks, baby powder, flip-flops, hats, shirts. We'll talk about a better place to get those in a bit. But, hey, if you like the podcast... You want to support it? Go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com and click that Amazon banner at the top of the page. Thank you. We love you. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there tangled up on the interwebs? We're here, CSG Podcasting. With me, as always, Ross Hipster, Glasses Martin. Howdy, folks. And you know, we're actually not high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado. We're actually on street level at Colorado Limited, the new store on South Pearl, a new sponsor and partner of ours. Uh, they sell all sorts of Colorado stuff, hats, T-shirts, uh, pictures of beautiful, majestic lakes and, and whatnot. But check it out, 1525 South Pearl. That's it for me. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the podcast, Where the West Lives. Where the West Lives. And making the trip all the way down here from Thornton, we got Jeff Morton. Yo. Yo is what he says. <laughs> Joining us for no, his... Uh, no, hey, yo. No, hey, yo. yo. For second podcast adventure with us, we have Les Shapiro. Great to be back in the CSG studios, boys. The luxurious, luxurious CSG studios. Palatial. Yeah. <laughs> you got a little more finer art here than the Colorado flag you uh, berated. It's <laughs> <laughs> looking kind of ratty. <laughs> these pictures are nice, though. You know, come down are. to the store and, uh, and buy a few of these. Yeah, yeah. it's a very nice, actually. Wash park, the, the flat irons. You know, when I was uh, I was in Boulder and I used to work at this real estate company, and I was taking around this company or these couple from a different uh, country, and they were asking about the Flatirons, and it took me a while to figure out what they were talking about, but then they asked me, when did they build those again? And I was like, what? And they thought it was like a Mount Rushmore thing. They thought the Flatirons were carved out of the hills, and I'm thinking, if they were going to carve something out, wouldn't it be better just to carve out some big flat rocks like they should make, you know, put like a John Elway you know, carving or something, or Les Shapiro carving. Not quite. <laughs> get the yo, yeah. We get the Les Shapiro uh, face right in the, on the, in the big, looking introspectively. The big, the big, uh, the big one. The there. tourism industry here would die a quick death. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be much for that. Well, that's what we got going on here. I do like this story as well. Maybe we can uh, loot the place before we get out of here. But Ross, maybe we should get into a little bit of uh, headlines. I think that's a great idea. All right, let's do that. Thank you, thank you. From the Herald News, July 1st, 2013, by Brian Fraga. Brian Fraga. You know him, Jeff? It's your boy, Jeff. I, I don't know any frogs. <laughs> you know yeah. Fraga. Brian Fraga, Fraga, or maybe I typed it in wrong. Maybe it's Farga. I don't know. Here's the headline. At House of Correction, Hernandez moved to another cell block. Oh, Hernandez. It goes on to say where he does not have one-on-one access with other inmates. I think they call that the Green Mile. Not sure about you guys. But Isolation? Uh, yeah. yeah. Dead man walking. <laughs> Is that for his protection or the other inmates' protection? <laughs> you know, they talk about that. But I'd be pretty afraid of Aaron Hernandez, <laughs> frankly. That is one big dude. What's that? But, uh, How many people has he allegedly capped? At, at this point, it's three. Wow. One. Maybe officially. So much for the Patriot way, huh? You know, that day when we had, you know, that head, first headline came out, I said he killed a guy. That's right. You did. I did. Yep. Ross was, Ross was, uh, calling it from the podcast. studios. Prescient. Yes. <laughs> July 2nd, 2013. Oh, excuse me. Yep. That's correct. By, uh, one Patrick Saunders. Roy Oswalt believes in himself, and the Rockies agree. <laughs> Rockies agree. Rockies agree with Oswalt himself. Why is it? Why? Why is it the baseball writers at the Post get the worst headlines? <laughs> they really do. They get the worst headlines. I'm guessing they don't get to write them. We always say that they don't get to write them. But Roy Oswalt believes in himself, 
And the Rockies agree. <laughs> well, if you have a choice between believing in Roy Oswald or believing in Jeff Francis or John Garland, if you were the Rockies, wouldn't you sooner believe in Roy Oswald? That's true. I would. I would, you know. But it seems like you're taking a little negative side. Like, Roy Oswald's only good compared to Jeff Francis. Hey, come on. Roy Oswald's got some mustard, huh? Well, as we sit here today, <laughs> Ross, Roy Oswald has an 0-2 record for the Rockies with a 7.36 ERA. Frankly, right now at this point, I don't think his mother even believes in him. <laughs> <laughs> that could be true. I'm that just be true. excited that last remember my name. <laughs> <laughs> when was Oswald a rookie, by the way? Like sometime in the 90s, About right? 15 years ago. Oh, he's 35. He's 35, so he's my age. So he would have been... So he's all... So when were you a rookie? I was a rookie in 1582, <laughs> before they invented baseball. When Columbus sailed the ocean blue. <laughs> It'd be cool if the Rockies could get somebody, though, You like, you like know, while they're still in their prime or maybe before their prime. Wait, 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 wait. Then you'd have to pay for them. That's true. That and they don't true. do that with pitchers. No, they don't. They don't pay pitchers. Ever since Mike Hampton and Denny Nagel, they do not pay pinch- pitchers. Pit- ah, pinchers. They don't pay pinchers either. Not paying much anybody down there, of course, Bill. <laughs> Except for Troy Tulowitzki. And Cargo. And Cargo. From July 2nd, 2013, at the Denver Post. This one was authored by Denver Post Wire Services. <laughs> nice. They still use the wire. They got, like, the ticker tape. <laughs> this one said, Pursuit of Dwight Howard kicks off NBA free agency period. This is on the cover of the DenverPost.com, by the way. Dot com. Today. And, of course, this is not really big news, but I'm just wondering, are NBA fans, and I'm not wanting to point any elbows at uh, the two co-hosts of this podcast, but are you guys done complaining about how nobody talks about the NBA because it's freaking July 1st, July 2nd? Actually, oh, and we got a wire report and they're talking oh. about, and they're talking about <laughs> Dwight Howard kicking off free agency. This has been, I believe, the 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 biggest year of, you know, the NFL went year round a long time ago. The NBA has been kind of swept under the rug after the season's over. This year, NBA is being talked about ad nauseum, over and over again. Um, and, and like I'm saying, Dwight Howard, big news, right? Is this big free agent? Yeah. Are you guys done complaining about being the poor little well, brother to, of the other big sports? I think you have to give a lot of credit to Jeff and myself for bringing a lot of attention to the Nuggets <laughs> over the past couple of seasons. I think we have. That's got to be, uh, you know, where this boost in popularity of the sport is coming from in the state of Colorado. So. I have to take credit for this. <laughs> well, we did have the summer of LeBron. We did. That, that was a heavy summer that of was NBA a big discussion. Summer. That's right. And then around here we had the summer of Carmelo. Carmelo. Um, but you're right. It seems like the NBA has entered the 724-365 cycle, much like the NFL. And good for them because that there's no such thing as you know too little exposure, especially for all these sports. Well, do you guys feel like that less? Do you feel that you're talking about the NBA more on your on, absolutely on the radio waves? Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially because the Nuggets had. A sensational regular season. Yeah. Um, you go on a 15-game winning streak, people are going to talk about you, yeah. especially when the Avalanche were so bad, the Broncos weren't playing and had just finished a disappointing season themselves, and the Rockies were not yet playing either. So, yeah, the Nuggets took center stage as well they should have, 57 wins, a franchise record, and uh, there's a lot more interest around here in the Denver Nuggets right now because they were so damn entertaining. That's true, and everyone seemed to be getting behind the team. I mean, it seemed to be yeah. a likable Denver-esque kind of team. Um, and I, that's why this offseason has been so chaotic, and you know, it, people can't process it. So, I mean, then maybe that's probably, maybe, maybe the, the drama of it is what people are paying attention to. You know, they, they, they just the jarring nature of the, the, all the change has really kind of brought to the, 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 Attention, I said, the, the greater Denver public, which would usually just be waiting for training camp to start at this point. And, and then, that's the other thing. Not a lot of, uh, Broncos talk, you know, as I would expect it to be around this time. It's a little bit, true. it's a little bit quieter on the Denver Broncos. Well, that's front. good though. I mean, they're, they're going to be a really good team this year. Calm before the storm, boys. It is. Calm it's before so, the storm. And I can always say too, wait. Like, yeah. I mean, the NBA game is so global now. Like a lot of people I interact with on Twitter are from Australia, Indonesia, Italy, Germany, 
Italy. Yeah, well, look at the I mean, draft. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Were any Americans in the draft in the first round? <laughs> well, we were. Yeah, we, we, was, we were in the There's draft. A record, right? Twelve international players. We were, we were at Pepsi first. Center with Les, and I was like looking up, and there was a foreign name every like. Well, there was twelve in the first round. It's insane. Yeah. Dennis that's the record. I kept saying, never seen him, never <laughs> heard of him. Dennis Schroeder? Anybody? Schroeder? <laughs> Schroeder, and he doesn't look like a Schroeder. But. July 2nd, 2013 from Reuters. That's also a yes, wire. Yeah. I think that's where the... Ex-Packer Gary Knafelk. Knafelk? Na- is the case silent? I think it's Nathalk. Na- that, that's what I said. Gary Nathalk. <laughs> Headline, ageism rampant in NFL. Ageism. Indeed it I is. I looked it is up. That- Nathalk is 81 years old. Apparently pissed he didn't make a squad this year in the offseason. Ageism rampant in the NFL. Oh. Ex-Packer Gary Nathalk. Should I say it again? Headline, agent, ageism rampant in NFL. And he's how old? He's 81. Yeah, but the story behind the headline is is the most interesting part. No 81-year-old cornerbacks? Champ <laughs> <No. laughs> Bailey's close to that, isn't yes, he? Yes, he is. <laughs> well, as, as you should know, I didn't actually read the article, but uh, okay, he tells the right, story. You want to know what it is? Yeah. Yeah. This is an ex-Green Bay Packer, a tight end, who believes the NFL wants all players who retired in 1970 or earlier to die off. <laughs> Interesting. I, I, they don't I, want to deal with the physical issues, the health issues of those older players. That's interesting. I I, I heard something. Were, were you and uh, Were you and Tom talking about this on the radio? We today? were. We, yeah, we handled yeah, this I, issue on the radio. I thought now that now that you mentioned that, I did. I remember coming across that on the radio today. And I, I when was uh, Nalen born? Uh, Nalen's forty two years old. Forty two. So he should die or live. Well, Tom <laughs> came out and and basically said the NFL wishes all ex players would die. Because we all have health issues. That's true. And that way that lawsuit with 4,000 names on it against the NFL would go away. Boy, that, uh, that, that, what do you think of that lawsuit? Do you think, did the ramifications of that lawsuit, do you think the NFL has the power to make that go away? If they want to settle it for a lot of money, it ain't going anywhere. Yeah. And that's the whole key, right? These 4,000 names on this lawsuit. When they were playing, presumably there wasn't as much money in this game. And now they're seeing the riches and the wealth and the... Are you saying it's a little bit of a money grab? I, I mean, <laughs> it's, I'm not saying it's, I mean, it is a money grab, but I'm not saying it's unjustified, but I'm saying, hey, if the NFL kind of putters along over the last 30 years and just is kind of still a... Yeah, everybody <laughs> will draw <it>, die <laughs> off. Well, <laughs> listen, the, the way it affects people in the NFL is if parents stop Letting their kids play football. I mean, really, that's where where it's that's been talked them. about for. I think I remember reading articles on that ten or fifteen years ago about how the sport of the NFL was going to die off because it wasn't very popular amongst the youth anymore. There's you know cheaper sports, and then now we're hearing all these dangers of health you know, issues, concussions, yeah. all that stuff is well, is just really it's concerning. And there's been a lot of ex NFL players too talking about how they're like, well, would you let your kid play football? And they're saying. Well, I'd prefer if they'd play something else, but I wouldn't stop them if they played football, perhaps. But, I mean, it's, it's well, there's crazy. A funny Len, Len Barney, a Hall of Famer, uh, just came out a couple of weeks ago and said, there won't even be an NFL in 20 years. Now, he retracted those statements the next day after every other Hall of Famer crawled all over him. <laughs> but um, you, you get the point. Yeah. Right. That if they don't solve these health issues, fewer and fewer kids are going to grow up playing football because their parents don't want them to. Yeah, I played for like I played for six years from like seventh grade until all the way through high school, and I think I probably had three or four concussions or something like that just in that time. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That so explains the furrowed brow. And, yeah. But I mean, yeah, when you start hearing stuff like that, you're like, well, it's if in I had, the computer, it's in the computer. But if I'm like, if I had that many concussions, and then I've had concussions outside of just football too, it's like. Man, I wonder if my brain's going to turn to mush and I'm not even a, an ex-jock. Here's you know? how they help solve this problem. And, and, and one of the problems is that the guys are getting bigger, faster, stronger. But the other thing is that the pads are getting lighter and slimmer. And they supposedly have the same level of protective, you know, ability as they do, you know, as they do, even though they're lighter. But what they need to do is they need to weigh these guys down a little bit. I mean, when you look back at Steve Atwater wearing these giant, <laughs> you know, shoulder pads, right? I mean, and they were bigger back then. They were bigger yeah. and they were heavier. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there is that uh, inertial force, but it's like slow them down a little bit. And, uh, and then, and then like the game back in the day was like, 
a lot less impact, meaning that guys didn't have the ability to get to, you know, running 15, 20 miles an hour and then leaping and then smashing a guy. If they're slowed down a little bit, they're more encumbered by some heavier pads. Bring back the heavy pads. So we've solved it. Don't let NFL players lift weights or train. <laughs> well, my biggest... <laughs> or get faster or bigger. Or get faster. <laughs> and that's yeah. part of that because my biggest theory with it. this whole thing, and then we'll, we'll move on, is that... I'll decide. Yeah, move geez, on. Jeff, was it? <laughs> then wow. we will move on. Yeah. I, I'm going to have the last say. <laughs> Tim is the Nobody else will be able to... Respond to it, and then we'll go to the next subject. You let a guy join your podcast, all of a sudden you're getting ushered out of the damn thing. I, you know, this is the thing. I, I've always thought that the the non guaranteed aspect of the contracts adds a desperation, and it adds a I, I got to make this play, otherwise, uh, I'm, my career is over. I've got to do this for the coach, otherwise they'll cut me. This it whole, also makes the union weaker. Yes, it makes the union weaker. Especially. Because the players aren't invested in the union because most of them aren't going to be around all that long. Yeah, so three years. So, the, so, the, league, so yeah. the league runs roughshod over the union in every aspect, including health issues. Yeah. And, and that's why Roger Goodell wants 18 games in the regular season. The players absolutely don't want it. But Goodell's probably going to get his way because the union is so weak. It's a weak union. And they can go work in a coal mine. I don't want to see 18 games either because then you could just take the record book and you got to throw it out. I mean, you had to do that when it was, what, 14 games? 14 or games, yeah. Well, they what? need to get rid of the, you know, they need to make it, they need to get rid of two preseason games, not turn two preseason game, season games into regular season games. You're telling the them to give up money. Is, yeah, exactly. But the preseason is a scam. Uh, but you're right. It, it is about money, and but I don't understand why they. I mean, they're still charging the same price for the preseason tickets. I can't stand it. You know why? Because, because they can. Because they can. Of course. Because you'll pay for it. Ross. The fans will pay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's true. And and that's, you know that's what? true. And it doesn't matter how corrupt or how far away these leagues get from providing a you know a better experience to the fans. They just get more and more and more popular. NBA's never been as popular as it is today. And everybody questions the legitimacy of it. Game seven of the NBA Finals was had as, just as good a ratings as the national championship game in uh, college football. Hey, so. hockey had great ratings yep. for the playoffs. Stanley Cup. Baseball has pretty good ratings right it's, now. It's television. You know, everyone yeah. wants to watch it on television. So I want to watch it on the internet. How about the Blackhawks Damn winning it. the Stanley Cup and then like the next day trading away with, like the guy that scored the winning goal for the for the whole shebang? Well, so, if yeah. you remember three years wow. ago when they won the cup uh, the first time around. Within a week or two, they dumped six or seven players because of payroll. Yep. And they come back and win it two years later. Yep. They're the Florida Marlins of the NHL. The Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've kept their core. Yes, they have. From July 1st, 2013. See, Jeff, that's how you move on. Thank you. That's how the pros do. I appreciate that. From the Denver Post, Mike Kliss. Headline, Pat Bolin closing in on becoming 14th NFL owner to 300 wins. And this is extraordinary. And I, and, and I don't even mean, like for instance, I was reading Jim Sacramento's blog the other day, which is one of the best blogs I've ever read that comes from an executive at an NFL, um, you know, or any, any kind of pro franchise. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like full of self grandeur or anything like that. It's just literally interesting nuggets. He had this quote here. In the history of the NFL, the MLB and NBA, Pat Bowen is one of just three owners to have their team for 30 years and have a 600 winning percentage. And that is extraordinary. And, and then when you look at the list of other guys that have already reached or other owners that have already reached 300 wins, you look at a lot of families. You don't see a lot of guys or individuals, right? You know, it's all about the, you know, the, the Hales, the Maras, the Roonies, the Rosenblooms, right? The, the Davises and, and Hunts, right? I mean, this guy, this is pretty unique and it's pretty extraordinary. And, and we're pretty lucky to have, you know, as, as football fans, an owner like Pat Bolin, and he's been here for 30 years, going to get 300 wins this year, probably going to get, let's see, he's at 292, so he's probably going to get 308 wins just in the regular season after this season's over, plus another three. So he'll finish at 311 wins. Did you already add in the Super Bowl? To that? So you you have them you have them going nineteen and zero. That's Jeff. That's right. We're not counting preseason. Those bullshit preseason games. He's not appreciated enough. Pat yeah. Bolin. Pat Bolin. No, I think he. T- 
I think you made the big mistake of wearing too many furs in yeah, the 80s. Could be. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you make fun, but that could very well be. A lot of people never got over that. Yeah. He, he, it looks real blowhard. Yeah. That he, he came in and, and looked like this, you know, arrogant Canadian rich bitch, uh, wearing mm-hmm. the full length fur coat and, and the sunglasses on the sideline. Not a very vocal guy, not a warm and fuzzy guy, but I'll tell you what he does well. Um, he hires the right people. And he pretty much gets out of the way, lets them do their thing. And and in addition to hiring the right people, he tends to recognize his mistakes pretty quickly. Exactly. That's a great and point. Gets yeah. them out. He yeah. recognized the mistake with Wade Phillips, dumped him after two years of a three-year deal. Yeah. Saw the mistake with Josh McDaniels, dumped him after a year and a half of a three- or a four-year deal. So, yeah, that's the mark of a good CEO as well. Yeah. You make a mistake, you fix it quickly. And yeah. he had the balls to get rid of Mike Shanahan and – even at that time, I, I thought, well, whatever, this is doesn't make sense really. But there were some things going on politically within the organization that caused him to get rid of it. And that's the type of early signs you see as a guy who really runs a business well to say, listen, there's distracting things going on. Uh, let's just get rid of the, the, you know, cut out the head of the snake, bring in Josh McDaniels. Okay, you know, <laughs> all's mm-hmm. forgiven on that one. But, hey, then the John Elway move. Well, yeah, and you could, the one mistake you probably made with Mike was he let him go on too long. But to be honest with you, I mean, after the AFC Championship game in 2005, you just couldn't justify making a change, you know? But then 2006 is when the weird dominoes started falling with the, with the Broncos. And of course, you can't you know, really include the murder of Darren Williams or anything like that. But just a lot of odd stuff happened. And so by the time 2008 came along, I think everyone had come to the realization, like, Mike has got to go. It was know? exactly what you would want and hope from the Nuggets and the Rockies and, and the Avalanche, your, your teams that we love to root for. Yeah. What, what Bolin did with our, with the Broncos and the ability to turn around and never go into that deep, dark despair of season after season of Look, mediocrity. My, right? Mike is a good friend of mine, and you just hit on the word, mediocrity. His last three seasons, he was eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight. He yeah. was twenty-four and twenty-four, no playoff win, and he had this blind spot when it came to bringing in defensive players, yeah. whether it be through free agency or the draft. And and you can make the case it just got stale. Now compare that, how the Broncos react to mediocrity, to what goes on at Coors Field, where mediocrity is applauded. Yeah. Not that they reach mediocrity most years, <laughs> but when they do, it's applauded. Look at what's going on right now. Yeah. They're close to 500. Let's throw a fucking parade. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You, yeah. say, you see wait. that in headlines. You see it even on Twitter or wherever. Even if you're talking with people, it's, it's like, hey, it's you know July 1st. Rockies are around 500. This is pretty awesome. It's like, no, it isn't. This is It's mediocre. Yeah, it's best. mediocre. I mean, you're t- the they're beating expectations. Yeah. They're a, still under 500, yeah, but they're beating, beating expectations. expectations. Hooray! Yeah. Yeah, in a weak division that they could easily dominate if they put the right people yeah. around. Celebrate good time. <laughs> Come on. As long as Dinger's back there spinning his head every other night. You're oh, going to walk, like, uh, flopping you know, his I've, belly? I've said that about him. I said he was a spinner. <laughs> and, he, and he proves it every night. Touch of the furries. I always you know. said, you know, when he moves his belly back and forth, you know, guys are always uh, pissed off in the podcast and bloggers world because – you know, guys on radio and, uh, and, and, and on newspapers steal their ideas. Well, I always am pissed off because Digger stole my belly move that, that he does there behind the home plate. That was yours? That was totally my move. That's too bad. It would be preferable for you to do it than Dinger. It's a very sexy is. move when you do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's how he it's gets like, the why, why is his shirt sticking to his belly? <laughs> That's how he gets all the interns. <laughs> all the interns. Hey, my hipster glasses are up here. Ooh. Ooh, June 30th, 2013, from the Denver Post by Christopher Dempsey. Ah, my guy, Dempsey. Exit of Andre, <clears throat> exit of Andre Iguodala from Nuggets could lead to roster restructure. Hmm. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Just an obvious headline from this the is old, just pretty uh, good headline writer he there. He doesn't the get to write his own headlines. I'm sure he doesn't. I, I don't think they do. They might be wanting to restructure their roster after whatever. July 1st, 2013, from Uh oh. by one Nate Timmons. Damn it. Why didn't you ever pick one of Jeff's? Because uh, I write good headlines. Jeff writes my headlines, by the way. <laughs> 
here's one. Nuggets should look at Bellinelli. Nuggets ah. should look at Bellinelli. Marco Bellinelli. <laughs> why? Yeah. <laughs> really? Why? why? I love Bellinelli. Nobody likes Bellinelli. It's Come the, on. This is my. Wait, you want him in the starting lineup? <laughs> no, I think you'd be good off the bench. He has an seen an increase in time this season with the what Nets? Bulls. 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 Maybe? That's what I said. Bulls. <laughs> this is my. Bulls and Nets are when we talk, when you talk about, we were talking about, uh, 12 some Euro draft picks in the first round or whatever this season is a record. This is the mantra that if I run an NBA team, I say every morning to my GM and to everybody, I say we don't need more European project players. We need more players from the projects. It's going to be an all Euro team. Gallinari, Pellinelli. <laughs> I think the rest of the the rest of the roster is all French. <laughs> Fournier, Joffrey, Lamage, whatever his name is. King Joffrey. Yeah. It's going to smell real nice in that locker They drafted room. the other Frenchman on draft night and traded him. Traded him. Rudy, right. Gobert. Go- Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Timmons barely had time to post his praise for that pick before they traded him away. I did see a, I did see a jazz blogger compare Rudy Gobert to Shaquille O'Neal, so I guess you got that going for him. Well, if that happens, that'd be kind of bad. By the way, all sandwiches at Pepsi Center will now be served on croissants. Croissants, well, just croissants. so you know. Well, croissants, you, you, what, baguette. baguette. <laughs> baguette. They'll bring it to you at your seat. What'd you call me? Baguette. Yeah, yeah, that's what I called you. <laughs> I called you a baguette. <laughs> all right, last oh. one, June 30th. 2013 from denverstiffs.com. Oh, Jesus. By Andrew Feinstein. <laughs> yeah. Boom. This one I just have to say, the audacity, the audacity of this headline, an open letter to Andre Igudala. Who does this guy think he is? Oh, and by the way, he signs it from Denver Nuggets fans. <laughs> this is poor shit. Um, let me just point out some things that Andrew Feinstein used. And this was a, a letter to Andre Iguodala meant to sway him back. Sway him back to the Nuggets. Well, you have to remember that Carmelo Anthony did retweet the open letter that Andrew wrote to him, even though it was... Oh, so he's reliving an old glory? But it was bashing Carmelo, so then Carmelo quickly deleted that tweet. <laughs> after so somebody probably had to point out to Carmelo <laughs> what it really said. <laughs> so what that means is Carmelo hired somebody to handle his Twitter account, and there's... Uh, anyway, here's something he says. The two-guard position here in Denver has only been manned by a few select super talents, and you're one of them. Super David Thompson, Allen Iverson, and you. Wow. Andre Iguodala. Super talents. Super talents. Okay. Great. David Thompson, yes. Allen Iverson was a super talent. Maybe that first season he came here. But then after that, you know, by the time he left here, he was averaging, you know, maybe 15 points a game. I think he was here for like a year and a half or something. Not a great. Not a great yeah. way. He made the All Star team. When he, he was here three three years, I think. Iverson's going to make an All Star team if he, no matter where he plays. Yeah. That's I mean, right. If he's, if he's in in the Indian NBA, he's going to get some votes. And by the way, Andre Iguodala, in his career as a superstar talent, or excuse me, a super talent at this uh, two guard position, he's been an All Star once as an alternate. Once. Spoken like the true casual fan, right there, Ross. <laughs> Iguodala, phenomenal player. Here's another, is highly here is another compelling argument, he says to Andre Iguodala. He goes, your individual stats won't be scrutinized here. Yeah. That's true. Especially not by Nuggets fans. If they sign him to a, a five-year deal and give him $15, 16000000 million a year, Oh, those stats are going to be screwed. Oh, yes, they will. <laughs> well, we talked about this. Let's, me and Jeff kind of talked about this. If they sign him to a five-year deal and he's 30 years old now, they're basically saying, we believe that we can win a title in the next two or three years. Because, I mean, face it, when Iguodala is 33, 34 years old, he's not going to be able to do what he's doing right now. So the Nuggets, if they did sign him to a deal to bring him back, I think they're saying, we believe we're closer than everybody else thinks. And not that bringing him back solely would mean that they're going to do it, but bringing him back and then maybe at the trade deadline, maybe after the season they can bring in somebody else. Like, you know, Kevin Love's been rumored to be – Perhaps available things don't work out in Minnesota. LaMarcus Aldridge in Portland has maybe requested a trade. So there are some names out there that are getting floated around, but that's kind of how I've seen if Iguodala is going to come back, then it's 
the Nuggets signaling that they think they might be able to make a run. Well, here's one good reason, according to Andrew Feinstein, why he should come back. Another one. With this Nuggets team, you can experience, you can experience postseason play, excuse me, deeper postseason play as early as next April. But wait, <laughs> there's more. In addition to our beautiful environment, clean air, and lack of traffic, blah, blah, blah. It's a wonderful place for you, Andre Iguodala. I was just thinking the same thing, going zero miles per hour the other day, <laughs> choking out fire smoke on I-25, <laughs> basking in the glory of the Nuggets' first-round exit this year. This, was it even April? Did they even make it to April? <laughs> it was May. Well, one of the teams wooing him. Is Golden State? Mm-hmm. They went deeper than the Nuggets. Yes, they did. So I, I mean, look, there there are six teams that we know of that are talking Andre Iguodala right now. There will be more. He's a damn good player, super talent, mm, but a damn good player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Rockets. If the Rockets sign uh, Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard, they might turn to Andre Iguodala next. Well, here's my. I took the liberty of putting together a few of my points that could sway Andre Iguodala back. They're a little more pragmatic, I think. Andre, no one else is going to pay you $16 million. For five years. <laughs> Two. You can start for the Nuggets. On any other team, you're a sixth man. A good sixth man, but a sixth man. Nuggets fans are stupid. They don't we, think should, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> should we be disagreeing with him now, or should we let him go oh, through all of the points? Here's, here's, another one. here's another one. Let him Andre, come back to Denver. <laughs> yeah. Nuggets fans are stupid. They don't think you're a top five nugget. They think you're a top five in the NBA. They love you. No one else is going to love you like we do. And finally, Andre Iguodala, you have a brand new head coach in Brian Shaw. So if you play your cards right, when he goes to the Lakers, he just might bring you with him. So come back to Denver, Andre. Come back. That's, pretty That's good. it for headlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. See, so you start off slow and then build to the... Yeah. Yeah, and you end slow. Slick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even slower. You were silently laughing. Last I was. Night. Silently. I, was. Yeah. I do like that Brian Shaw point. Because you got to think if the Nuggets gave him, what, a three-year deal, maybe a four-year deal here... He'll probably prove himself here, and then the Lakers will come calling. Well, no, wait, why does everybody believe that? Why does everybody believe that we're just a stopover for Brian Shaw and for Tim Conley? Because Masai Ujiri well, just Yeah, left. all right. I, I understand that. To Toronto. But, but, but think of the circumstance under which Masai Ujiri left. Um, that's a really bad team with a lot of money willing to pay somebody. A lot of money. I mean, all of a sudden, he is now one of the top three or four most highly paid general managers in the business. Mm. Yep. And he's got a ready-made excuse if it doesn't work out. I was in Toronto. What else could I do? You know, I did the best I could, like I did in Denver. <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean, that is the, the central point of the fear <laughs> of Nuggets fans that I've seen is they're like, well, they let him go. They've, you know, Carmelo left here. Like, they just have that fear that Denver's not a place. And if Iguodala leaves, that'll just add to that fear. Well, I think for the players, I think we're a, we're a flyover destination. That's I do. True. Um, but for coaches... We've had coaches stay here for a long, good coaches stay here for a long, long time. Yeah. George was here eight and a half years. Doug Moe was here, what, 10 years, 11 years? Yeah. So what you're saying is white people love Denver? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> because we're a white city. Yeah, yeah it would be, it would be cool. And if... We have no good African American <laughs> restaurants. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's that it should be printed on a t-shirt. Les Shapiro says. Yeah, great. That'll be taken out of context, I'm sure. <laughs> Sorry, nobody listens to this. <laughs> you just can't get a good bowl of grits in this town. <laughs> you know, I went to Moe's today, by the way. We got to get some good grits. But anyway, that is it for headlines. I don't know if you guys want to continue talking about Andre Iguodala, or maybe that's a subject. I don't know. What do you got going on here? Actually, I don't have that, but uh, do you want to talk about this now? We can talk. About I just it? wanted to say there's a lot of arguments made to keep Andre Iguodala here. I'm, I'm not seeing it. Well, at the right price, you're not seeing it? At $9 million, $8 million, He's a sixth no, man. No, he's not going to settle for that. No, and that's fine. He's a sixth man? I think he's a great sixth man player. 
uh, he's one of the better of, defenders in the league, and he scores 14, 15 points a game. All right, 14, 15. That doesn't make him okay, a, a so sixth man. For, for scoring, at 14 or 15. And he plays both ends of the court. I say, I say, you know what, you're right. The defensive thing is important, but why can't you get a guy that scores 20 or 21 who's a great defensive Because they player. don't grow on trees. <laughs> I mean, there we go. Yeah, I mean, all I needed to <laughs> see. Oh, let's just snap our fingers and have a guy <laughs> score 21 points a game. Well, some teams go off and, and, and find those guys, and those teams tend to go deeper into the playoffs. So all what, I needed to see was Andre Iguodala in this playoff series against Golden State futilely attempt to try and take over the game, and, and it was it was embarrassing. It was it, it, I still don't see why you say that. I mean, he almost won the last two games for the Nuggets I, with his offensive well, performances. That, put that on his resume. There we go. Top line, right? Well, you got to have almost help. You can't just it. do it by yourself. I mean, even LeBron James won that last game. But the game. Nuggets is the but Nuggets Shane are the Vatier. deepest, according to uh, Nuggets fans. The Nuggets are the deepest team in the league. They could they could have won a championship. They could go so far. Andre Iguodala was by himself now. Is that what you're saying? As opposed in to the playoffs, yeah. Look at the stats. Where was Wilson Chandler? Didn't show up. Costa Kufis got benched. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he was the only problem. Daniel Gallinari I'm injured. I'm just saying at 16 million, piss off. It's 16, but they're not talking about 16. The rumor is 14. 12 and a half. Right? I think the, the one, the one that, the, the, the contract that, uh, that has been rumored out there is what, what about 12, 6 a year, I think. Five years, 63 million, Five, so yeah, yeah. 12 and a half million. 12 per. and a half million a year. That's not terrible, you know. Um, I don't think it's egregious. No. Not by not NBA standards. I mean, it's a, once you're getting into that 13 million car- territory, you're starting to bump up against overpaid for Condre Iguodala. But right there, it's probably at the sweet spot, I think. Um, well, you're not paying for his prime. That's the problem is you're yeah. paying for, you know, athletically he's on the decline. You I mean he's 30, well, wait a second. He's 20, old. he's 29. No, he's not on the decline. Yeah, but I mean with a five year, with he's a five year contract. 11 months. But you would say, I was, you would say <laughs> in the NBA with a five year contract. Your athletic prime in the league is 26. Well, what was that? That was their argument with Nene, right? Because he, you know, he was, of course he was injured all Nene the time. Nene was but, soft. Yeah, he was soft. He but was you know, it's horrible. like, it's like, he signed it the same contract, I think, right? Fifty, what, sixty-five million, right? Five at five years, fifty-five, I think. I thought he was a sixty-five. I think it was sixty-five. He thirteen million a year, somewhere right, thirteen five a year with was, incentives. It could have bumped it to sixty-seven. With the sixty-seven, and the he signed it. I think at twenty-nine. He was twenty-nine years old when he signed the contract. Same exact thing, kind of where go with Iguodala here. Now, obviously, Nene had some serious injury issues, and there's a different circumstance. But when you're Trying to do a contract with someone who's that age, it's a really tricky situation because you're banking on getting some great years from them for about three years and then having guaranteed money stowed away. I, I disagree with this, guys. I, I disagree with, with both of you on this. With what we know about medicine and nutrition and technology and everything else these days, athletes can play at a high level much longer. I, I don't look at a guy who's 32, 33 and say, He's on the downhill slide. I mean, guys, guys at that age are playing some of the best ball they've ever played. Look at Peyton Manning mm-hmm. and the way he takes care of his body. 30, he had a second best season ever last year at 36 years old. So I know the NBA, it might be a little more, um, uh, hard on the body because of the jumping and the running, but I don't think a 33 year old NBA player is past his prime. I, I think he's still in his prime in a lot of respects, especially if the guy keeps himself in really good shape. And look, at, look, at, look, at, look at a guy like Kobe. Uh, you know, uh, um, who was it? Uh, Gary Naffelk? He might disagree with you. The ex Green Bay Packers. But it's not just about, it's not just about, can they he's be lost in their some skills at 81? <laughs> <laughs> it's not just about their skills at 32 and 33 that make the difference. It's the fact that the guys at 20 and 21 are getting exponentially better and more talented and they're coming into the league right now. And so the point is, is does a guy like Andre Iguodala, has he proven who, what he's worth to NBA teams already, regardless of how, he, whether or not he's in his prime or not. And can you, well, yeah, get, they're lining up to talk to him yeah. and to throw money. At him. I, will, I will say this: he I was will, just invited to play with the, the USA Olympic was, team. I, These are the best players in the league I, and he won a gold medal and he contributed. I think that did he start on that team. I was just curious. Did he start? No. No. Well, was he like, come sixth on. Sixth man or what? <laughs> come on. Come on. Okay, we're starting to, you see, uh, you're going to have to force me to stop this segment. <laughs> no, that is true. That I sounds mean, fair. I we mean, can stop it. But Iguodala is a guy that takes immaculate care of himself. I mean, yeah. you can see it in the locker room, whatever. You can see it when he plays. 
Um, and, you know, like Les is saying, five years for Iguodala, he'll be 35 when that contract's out. He's still going to be a good player. What's Kobe, 34 right now? And yeah, Kobe's and guys like Bruce great. Bowen and Shane Battier, they're playing really good defense at an older age. Yeah. They're much older than Andre Iguodala. Would you want to pay Shane Battier, you know, $14 million, well, well, no, but I wouldn't. So that's the thing you got. Not at that age. Yeah, and that's what you kind of got to consider with Iguodala. But again, I said over the weekend, you know, I was asked by your guy Ross Sharon on 1023, he said, would you, what would you, would you pay him five at 60? And I was like, yeah, five at 60, 12 million? Easy. Yeah, that's Easy right. That's that. where he should be. Well, here's the other problem, guys. Tell me if you agree. If you don't, you're wrong. <laughs> the NBA, <laughs> now that we've established the NBA the is about, <laughs> is about stu- superstars being surrounded by other stars and winning NBA championships. Uh-huh. Right? Everybody yeah. on board with that? Yeah. yeah. You don't win without superstars. No. All right? And you need stars surrounding that superstar. Correct? Mm-hmm. You need basically at least three stars on a team. Yeah. These days to win. Yeah. Iguodala is one of your stars. Now, is he Batman? No. Is he Robin? Maybe not. But somebody on our radio show actually called up and said, he is Alfred. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. He, he is Alfred, he's Alfred. Yeah. who's a key contributor <laughs> yeah. to yeah. the whole Batman Robin thing, right? Yeah. He's an yeah. important cog in that the Batman Robin machine. That's a very that's good. Well, Igadala is probably a really good number three guy. In fact, he's probably a great number three guy. He'd probably be the best right. number three guy. In the so NBA. if you, if you lose that guy, then you're looking for another star. Yeah, he is one of your stars. He's one of the three guys you need to win an NBA championship. If you lose him. You're back out on the street looking to fill that star void again. So I think it's imperative that they bring him back. I agree 100%. If they want to continue and build off that season they had last year, you can't do it without Andre Godala. You just yeah. can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you convinced me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do I have egg on my face or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's from breakfast yesterday. Yeah, so that's what it was. That's like a uh, that, this is green chili over here. This is egg. But that's the, that's the headlines. Good All right, let's job. take a short one. We'll come back. We'll get into Jeff's things he believes to be true. Welcome back to the podcast. Let's get into things Jeff believes to be true. Back. Just as I thought it was going on. I think this pretty much sums up the uh, segment. Just I just got out of my head yesterday. <laughs> now it's back in. You say night. When I know that it's white. Just the shit black when I know that it's cracker. Okay. Um, this will be short and sweet and to the point, but, and I was talking to, uh, heard that. <laughs> Shut up. Three hours later. <laughs> we should, yeah, things Jeff rambles on about. Um, I was thinking earlier today, and I was actually indicated a little earlier when I was talking to some people that this whole thing with Aaron Hernandez makes me really question how the Patriots approached this whole thing. It's pronounced Hernandez, by the way. But go ahead. Hernandez. And specifically in that they signed him to a second contract when there has been extreme character issues with this guy for years. Give him a $16 million signing bonus, too. <laughs> $16 million signing bonus. This is someone who, this is supposedly the organization that, that, that values character over everything else. Every, everyone subjugates themselves to the team. And this whole thing flies completely in the face of that, that proclamation. Because when did he sign that extension? What was it, 2011? I believe a year ago. Yeah. I think it was in August. Yeah, yeah last, last August. year. He had already had suspicion of other criminal activity. Additional to whatever he had going on in Florida, Urban Meyer spoke up and had vouched for him, who happens to be a good friend of Bill Belichick's. But it seems to me like when you look at it and the circumstances of the Urban Meyer, thing, a guy guilty of recruiting violations? Several. Woke up for him? <laughs> okay, good character. <laughs> he knows how to win. It's a good it's character witness right And there. then you go to, go to Bill Belichick and he was obvious character issues with Bill, Bill Belichick. So, what I mean, what does this say about that? It's just like, how does this sort of circumstance? Because I always thought that this whole circumstance with him flew in the face of the whole character aspect of the Patriots. 
But then you look at it and you think, it's not that unusual for a football player to have legal trouble, but it's unusual in a sense that this is so extreme. What happened here? So what are you saying here? You're saying that the Patriots are more hypocritical than other teams? If you flout it, be be prepared to have it thrown back in your face. I don't face. know why you brought up Dan Fouts, but... <laughs> I, I, I didn't say Fouts it. I said flout it. Oh, flout it. I don't, I don't know why you brought up Mexican food. Just because his name's Hernandez mm, doesn't mean you bring flauta. up flautas. A flauta? <laughs> or a but, flautist? But what about the... What about, like, your beloved Nuggets, Right. Uh, who had a lot of character issues coming into the Nuggets? Didn't uh, Allen Iverson come from a long and storied oh, yeah. place? So uh, Carmelo this, Anthony, J.R. Smith, Smith, Kenyon Smith, Martin. Kenyon Martin. Isn't there a Should certain amount of risk that one would take as as a as you're running a team that say, hey, yeah, everybody has character issues to an extent. Well, where did See, this whole like, why, Patriot Way thing come from, though? Did that come from the media? Did that come from the actual team? Let's see. I think it came from the media, but they didn't run away from it. Because I heard Hernandez even talked about it in those interviews, those sound bites they had on ESPN, where he's like, "You got to change who you are if you want to play for the Patriots, and you got to really clean yourself up and whatever." Well, they have brought in some troubled souls, and those troubled souls walked the line. Yeah, they they Chad told Johnson, the line. Randy Moss, right and, in, in New England. Yeah. So so they have a way of of keeping these troubled players in line. However, you can't do it with everybody. You just can't. Yeah. You when you, when you have 53 Carter, guys on the roster, you can't do it with Maurice right. Claret. Right. This is a nice community. That, 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 well, seriously, this is a nice community yeah. that doesn't tolerate that stuff very well. Yeah. And and the Broncos are an organization that, through the years, hasn't tolerated it real well. Yet it happens here too. Oh, yeah, when you have that many guys coming through town, and you have a roster of 53, and, and some of them don't have a very well developed moral compass for yeah. whatever reason. The people they hang around with, the way they grew up, um, a lack of parenting, whatever, you're going to have problems. Even yeah. the Patriots, a team that prides itself. Uh, th- didn't Myra Kraft, yeah. Bob Kraft's wife a few years ago, tell his uh, tell her husband, the owner, to get rid of a player because of a rape charge? Yeah. And they did. Yep. Jason Peters, was it? Death, yeah. What was that? Was that Jason Peters? Who had, was Name yeah, escapes so, me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things that, listen, I don't care necessarily about. I wanted us to discuss this kind of deification of these, of these organizations. Like we, this is how our character fill we are. I mean, listen, every organization has a Dale Carter on him. You know, that's one of the biggest mistakes Mike Shanahan ever made was bringing in Dale Carter. And, he got in trouble. I just read an article about uh, Maurice Claret. Maurice Claret trying to make the USA rugby team. Now speaking at the rookie impos- symposium. symposium or something, along with Pac-Man Jones, who's I believe still in the league. He right? is. Pac-Man he plays, Jones is he plays for the Bengals. For, play yeah. Bengals. Oh, wow. So I mean, these this these types of so-called character issues, they don't <laughs> really have an effect. On, you know, on on whether or not you can contribute to the team. Well, if a guy can play, despite character issues, if a guy can play, there's always going to be an organization that picks him up and thinks they can change him. (laughs) You want irony? The Cincinnati Bengals, a team that had a roster full (laughs) of guys with police (laughs) records. For At one time, I think they had ten guys on the roster who got arrested. Uh, This was like only five or six or seven years ago. Mm -hmm. They passed on Aaron Hernandez because of the character issues coming out of college. Is that true? Yeah, that's oh, that's amazing. That's that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. That I mean, even the Bengals said no to Hernandez. And and the problem, the problem with it, and I heard uh, uh, Chris Landry talking about this. There is a, there is a. It's not the problem with signing him, drafting him. It's that extension, that sixteen million dollar extension, or the the signing Signing bonus bonus that he got. Which was like, after they knew about all this stuff going on, which affects the other thing. Personally, I don't care. It's not something that I judge people on when I'm going to watch team. I figure if there's someone who's bad, there's someone who's bad. But it goes against the lauded character thing that the, the Patriots have built up for themselves over the course of the last 10 years. And that's what actually stuck out to me more than anything else is how... It, basically contradictory it was and how, how, how it at the end really of a 10 or 15 year run if your team is full of a bunch of scumbags right but you win five super bowls yep. you're the patriots if you lose or you don't win five super bowls you're the Bengals, right <laughs> i mean 
that's how it works. The, the success overshadows yep. and, and, and can make up for a lot of different stuff. Absolutely. The more successful, the more talented you are, you get a few little breaks here and there. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a quick story. Two years ago, I was at the Super Bowl. We did our radio show there all that week in Indianapolis. It was the Patriots and the New York Giants. Yep. And on media day, the Tuesday before the Super Bowl, the Patriots were out there, each at their own podium. Hernandez had his own podium. And I stopped to listen. And I'm standing next to a longtime New England Patriots employee who I've known. And I'm listening, and, and I turn to the guy and I say, boy, he, he really sounds inarticulate. And, and I, I, there, just, there just wasn't a lot to like about what I was hearing coming from his mouth. And the Patriots employee said to me, we really worry about him. He has thug-like tendencies. So they knew. Did he have blood but they felt, on his, his, like, his, his fist or something like that? The, the blood? When you're part of that? I mean, that's, that's an indication right there. The, they knew. But, but yeah. when you talk about the Patriot way, they have great confidence. With Belichick as a head coach and Kraft as the owner and Tom Brady as the quarterback, they feel they can bring guys in there and keep them under their thumb. This guy they couldn't keep under their thumb. Well, it's an interesting offseason for the Patriots. I mean, they lost Wilker to the Broncos. They, uh, what else happened to them? They, they released Brandon Lloyd. They released Brandon Lloyd. Gronkowski has a back issue. <laughs> yeah, Gronkowski. Another character guy. Yeah. yeah. He's been perpetually <laughs> injured for two years now. Danny Woodhead left. Danny Woodhead left. He's a free agent. You know, and, and, and now, I give and now Hernandez. Woodhead, now Hernandez. I mean, I want to make a big that I want to give Danny Woodhead the Medal of Merit. <laughs> he and William Costigan Jr. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> It's two departed references. They, let's put it this way. I know where you're going. They're not going to score 35 points a game like they no, did this year. No, no. Now, they still have Brady a quarterback. Yeah. And they'll find some guys who can catch the ball. No, they, they got one in Amendola. Yeah. But D&E they're not going to score 35 a game. Yeah. That's, that, I, I, I just had this thought about the, the Patriots and like the, the way this is happening. Because let's face it, the Broncos have a rival, and it's the New England Patriots. Not anymore. Broncos Super Bowl, baby. That's when you think about the, the Broncos' quote-unquote rivals anymore. It's not the Raiders. It's not even the Chargers anymore. Or the Chiefs. Or maybe, the Chiefs. Maybe it's, it's the, it's the Patriots. Maybe it's the, uh, Texans. Gary Kubiak? Maybe. <laughs> but, but you, add, added, added to that equation, Jeff, is you now have the Manning Killing versus, the Manning versus Brady factor, which was prevalent when Manning was in Indianapolis as well, now he's here, so that just adds to that absolutely. rivalry you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. About. I really do believe that, that that's who I, when I think of hated other teams, I immediately think of the Patriots. And it's been going on for a while, I mean, since the... Uh, well, they seem to play every year. Yeah, they do. Regular right? season and a lot of times Remember, Mike Shanahan had their number. It was like they couldn't beat Mike Shanahan. Bill Belichick could not beat Mike Shanahan. And then, the, of course, that, that changed, but I mean, that's that's... It's one of those things, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. But uh, more than more than anything else, I just wanted to th- I was thinking about Aaron Hernandez, which is a horrible, horrible thing, absolutely god awful thing that you would never wish on anyone, and it's happening to the organization that you know claims to be pure as the driven snow. I just watch a lot of forensics files and true crime shows, and I don't know how stupid you could be to leave the trail of evidence that he left behind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, aside from the fact that this is a horrible crime, but come on, dude. Watch an episode of CSI. <laughs> hey, he did go to the University of Florida. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so did that's, and by the so way, every true. forensics files episode I ever happened, ever watched, happens in Florida. It seems like this should be part of their. And by the way, CSI Miami, they should know yeah. about this stuff. This is like it was, uh, it's in your own backyard. And by the way, like, cops is always. If in you Florida, want to yeah. destroy your phone and or a, a security system, you just can't. Break the phone. And by the way, it doesn't work for computers. It doesn't work for uh, any type of security system. You can't just smash the little lens and say, oh, all the evidence is gone. All right? Come on, people. Poor guy. All right, Jeff, good work, man. He thinks he believes to be true. We'll come back. We'll play a little game that Ross has prepared for us. Games. I love games. <laughs> Hey, hey, Les, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been part of a morning zoo? Type, oh. uh, you've been in radio, TV. A morning like zoo type radio show? Have you ever been, yeah, morning zoo? No, I've, n- I've never, no, I haven't. <laughs> I like did Ross- morning radio, but it wasn't very zoo-like. 
got a bag of tricks up your sleeve, Ross. You got some drops, some sounds, some. Well, here's what we got. We got a game. We got a game here. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever watched Jeopardy. Recorded every day. Recorded yeah. every day. Are you yeah, guys really? From... I do. You record it every day. Love it. And, Love then, and, then he, and then he watches the ones he watched the day before and gets every question right. It's a brilliant strategy. <laughs> well, here's what we got. Sports before and after. That's what I got for everybody here. You guys familiar with what I mean, sports? What I mean by before and after? No fucking clue. All I know right. what you mean by sports, though. <laughs> let me give you an hey, example. Give us, yeah, give us an example, <laughs> yeah. please. Let me, give you a, <laughs> let me give you a fucking clue. <laughs> clue. All right. Uh, here's a clue. The before and after. I'll give you the clue, then you give the answer. Here's an example. Clue. He played guitar for the Beatles and Han Solo for George Lucas. Ringo Starr Jones? George Harrison Ford. Boom. See see how that works? So he played guitar for the Beatles, George Harrison, and Han Solo for George Lucas. That's Harrison Ford, so it's George Harrison Ford. Nice. You guys understand before and after? Got it. By the way, I I, I read today that the before and after category is the number one most frequently used category on Jeopardy over the past 15 years. So we're going to go... Wow. And that's just a, in regular Jeopardy. It's not including double Jeopardy. a question on Jeopardy. So going, here's the question. Are we going in, in order or are we going, uh, it's a grab bag? No, no, no. We're going to do, we're going to make you guys buzz in here. And do we have to answer it in the form of a question? No, no, no. Okay, no. thank God. Just figure it out. Who, Les here, you get the horn. <laughs> I get the red nose with it too? Okay. Uh, Jeff here. See, so when you think you know the answer, you just go ahead and hit your uh, thing, and uh, Jeff, just go ahead and hit your thing, your horn. That could hurt. <laughs> Don't use the horn against your crotch. Just squeeze the bubble. Jeff, you get the here. here look, guys, listen. Oh, I got the triangle. This is inspired by Brian Shaw right here. We got the triangle in the old CSG studios. <laughs> Jeff, here you go, buddy. Okay, got it. I feel like I'm going to get a tambourine for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get the tambourine. Oh, yeah. So you're just the Davy Jones tambourine. You want to answer? has to be distinct because I have the... Uh... <laughs> so it's, 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 it's Stevie Nicks Timmons. So I'm going to go ahead and read. <laughs> Here's Stevie Nicks. Yeah, that's it. So we're going to go ahead and read. So Jeff, go ahead and, and let's give this a try here. Jeff knows the answer. What are you going to do here? What does that mean? That means he's buzzing in. He gets to answer the question. Les. This is a, by the way. Les, we should have worked this out Les beforehand. has just reached the apex of his broadcasting <laughs> career at this very moment. You asked me if I've ever done a morning zoo? No. <laughs> well, uh, welcome. And I've never done a horn either. <laughs> <laughs> and Timmons, you got the right answer? No, no. Just do the. Just like so would, would you like me to hold this up near the mic? Whatever you think is best. You guys ready? We'll edit this out in post. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Sports before and after. So here we go. Here's a here's one to start, guys. You guys ready with your uh, your uh, thingies indicators? Born ready, Ross. All right. The clue is Denver's Beery Baseball Park was built by Kevin Costner. Denver's Beery Baseball Park was built by Kevin Les Shapiro. Coors Field of Dreams. That's absolutely oh. correct. Oh, yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A little disappointed at the speed of the response, but you are, no points deducted for that. Uh, Nate, will you uh, tally this up here? First one to three wins. First one to three. Good. Yeah. I'm going to get shut out of my <laughs> It's right up my alley, by the way. You know, I starred in a movie with Costner. You did? did you? Well, he starred in the movie. I was in it. Well, which one? Swing Vote. Really? Actually, I had speaking lines. Did you? I had speaking you lines. Had speaking with, lines with Nathan Lane. Vote? With Nathan Lane. Really? He That's was playing good. a presidential advisor. Yeah. We also had a nude scene. <laughs> me and, me and Nathan Lane. That was the birdcage. <laughs> That's the birdcage. <laughs> Is this no, Netflix? but is this true? You were in Swing Vote yeah. speaking lines? Go get it. In fact, I were wish you were. Were you playing would, a reporter? residuals. Were you, were you Les Shapiro oh. as Les Shapiro? Oh, uh, I, I played uh, a CNN reporter. Did you? Yeah. Wow. Nice. I had no idea. Yeah. You got a well, lot of range, man. Cool. <laughs> like you got a lot of range. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Okay. That, that's a, that's, no, going, that's by bad, the way, man. that's going in the trivia bucket for next time when he's not on the show. We have a, yeah. we, we had a movie star <laughs> on CSG. <laughs> All right, clue. Here we go. He was the former owner of the Denver Broncos and the villain from the usual suspects. Ooh, Jeff Thornton chimes in there. Edgar Kaiser Sosa. Oh, that is correct. I knew that one too, after the fact. And I'm thinking Kevin Spacey. That is correct. I was thinking Tim Kaiser. I was was like, I was like like stuck on the the first name. I'm like, oh my God, what was his first name? He's the guy who drafted Elway. I was about to chime in with, uh, Gerald Phillips Spacey. Would that, would that have been close? Phipps? Fitz, yeah, Fitz. <laughs> Gerald, Jerry Fitz Spacey. Yeah, that that would it would have been hilarious if you had said that. But <laughs> I it would probably, not have been I should, have, I should have let let's do that. That was really great. All righty, here we okay, go. Okay, so it's one for me, one for less, zero for Nate. Yeah, rub that right in there, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the next one here. He saved the Nakatomi Plaza before he played running back for the Broncos and was cut. In 2013, he saved the Nakatomi Plaza. All right. Bruce Willis McGahee. That's correct. (laughs) Les Shapiro with two. Jeff Morton with one. Timmons is trying. Are we making any side bets here? Are we putting any money on this stuff? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Ross probably has a prize in that bag, I'm guessing. I bet my car on this one, so I hope I win. The prize is a slide whistle. (laughs) <laughs> this is all radio. I don't, yeah, I don't have one of those. You don't have a slide whistle? Just kidding. No. I'm not giving you my slide whistle. <laughs> Clue. Clue here. He might not have raped that girl in Vail, but he's still a real sports insufferable bastard. <laughs> Hit that again. It was too quiet. Kobe Bryant Gumbel. That is correct. <laughs> Good. Wow. Very Just nice. duking it out over here on this side. Know, what, is what it Bryant heck? Gumbel? Yeah. Kobe Bryant Gumbel. It's not Brian Gumbel? It's nope. Bryant. No. T at the end. But don't worry about it. He's only been on TV for 40 years. Hey. You'd think you'd know by now. <laughs> yeah, hey, Kobe gets off on technicality. I can try it too. Right? <laughs> well, he didn't get off on a technicality. But. Well, he got off. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, next next one. He went to the Pro Bowl five times as a linebacker for the Broncos and fathered one neck baby that he knows of. Nate Timmons in. Oh, God. Oh, come on, Nate. Al Wilson Chandler. That is correct. I'm going to read this thing just a few more times. <laughs> you're in, you're in, buddy. You what are, what are we playing up. to? First to three. Okay. Each of you guys get one more. So we're at game point for two of you guys. Yep, yep. Hopefully we uh, wrap this up soon because I don't have that many questions left. I got you, Shapiro. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right. Uh, clue. Some call him the Marty Schottenheimer of the NBA. Others call him the Albino Rhino. Oh my God! I think Timmons got that one. Oh, George Carl Mecklenburg. That is That's what we call home cooking, right there, Les. <laughs> we need we need instant replay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> I don't think he got that shot off in time. Is this a three-way tie for two? Yes. Ooh, next, I think it's a manufactured next, three-way next tie for two. Answer. Hey. <laughs> Come on, oh, man! That is, I got I am, robbed. I am. There's got to be some advantage to running this damn podcast. <laughs> all right, here. Okay. Well, this is for all the marbles. So, Ooh, which one should I do here? Uh, all right, here we go. What if none of us get this? Um, oh, then we'll get it. <laughs> this one might be hard. We'll see here. Clue is incredibly handsome future Hall of Fame quarterback and incredibly handsome. Not so future Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> Got you on that one. Tom Brady Quinn. Oh, he won it. Jeff Morton won it. Now, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> that clue sucked. And I'll tell you why. Give it to me again. 
incredibly handsome future Hall of Fame quarterback yeah. and incredibly handsome not so future Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're good. Jeff wins. Jeff, congratulations. You win. Nothing but pride and respect. Thank you. I, I've been looking for that. And uh, I didn't even get to some of my uh, really good ones here, but we'll save that for another day. Oh, oh we're not going to get to just answer out of the blue? <laughs> yeah, that that was, was probably good. That was fun. Guys, thanks a lot. You guys had a great job. <laughs> you guys are good sports with the... Just, uh, you know what? I figured out that there was never going to be a time where I could uh, write off this and uh, this and... Uh, oh, wait. I got a hold of this. And this and that. I have the elements for a good Saturday Night Live script, by the way. <laughs> a triangle, a horn, and a tambourine. <laughs> well, since he's here, let's play it real fast. So what do we do now on these podcasts? Do they just trail off like now this? We- <laughs> <laughs> now turn to something interesting. <laughs> that's been a good favorite. Yes, we played that ever since. <laughs> you play it. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Les, thanks for coming down. Anything you want to plug? We're done? Yeah. I'm just getting started. <laughs> Follow Les on Twitter at Les yes, Shapiro. At Les Shapiro. Yeah, I'm not on it a lot, but when I go to the games, I'll uh, I'll get on it. And I'll make some really caustic, sarcastic comments. And that's right. That's what we, keep that's what we need. And uh, we appreciate you coming on again. Yeah, sure. Well, Anytime, twice. guys. And we'll, we'll definitely have you on again. So. Love it. And yeah. you got my address to send the check, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one, two, still, three. I'm still waiting for the for the first check. You yeah, accept- it's it's one, two, three, Fake Street, right? You accept <laughs> bitcoins? Accept I moved. Bitcoins? Just so you know, I moved. Do you accept payment in slide whistles? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I don't have a slide whistle, and I want one. I now want one. <laughs> that's pretty good, man. All right, guys. We'll see everybody next, next week. week.